Welcome to Music in the Church with Sarah Bariza, a monthly podcast about thinking bigger in our faith, our ministries, and our churches. I'm Dr. Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician, and usually I have someone here with me, in the virtual space at least, doing an interview. But today I'm exploring something different. I'm talking about what I'm personally doing to plan for the fall knowing that we're in the midst of a very changing landscape of information about what is safe and what is wise for us to be doing in terms of our music ministries in churches. So a different kind of episode, but hopefully one that will be helpful for you as you plan or don't plan for the fall. I have to preface this or begin this by saying that I'm in a pretty different situation than I think most of you are. Normally, I think most of us spend the summer, um, or at least devote some time in the summer, to planning really the entire program year. We we think about what are we going to do for Easter. We think about what are we doing for Christmas. We might plan every single hymn we intend to use over the course of the year. We can especially do that if we're working with a lectionary. We might plan every anthem we want to do over the course of the year. Um, I take a little bit of a middle ground. I currently don't work with someone who uses the lectionary, um, or not always, and so I plan hymns closer, closer to the Sunday service. And I mostly plan anthems, but I don't assign them in a hard and fast way to specific Sundays. So I have like a, I have a repertoire of here's what we're going to do over the year. And then I might move things around. And I, I generally plan about two months out in terms of specific Sundays. So that's what I usually do. And usually in the summer, you know, I get to spend a lot of time thinking about what are, you know, what am I going to purchase? And what's the new handbell music? And it's a lot of dreaming and l- so much listening to music. And it's, it can be really fun. And right now, Ooh, it's really, really different. Um, I, I don't know if if we'll be doing in-person services this fall. I, I'm in St. Louis. I work at a church in St. Louis. And the church where I work, as many churches in the area have decided to do, is not currently having in-person services. We do a pre-recorded ser- service that is premiered at a specific time. So it's experienced as if it were a live stream, but it's definitely not a live stream. And you wouldn't think it was if you were watching it. Um, and and as we look into the fall, I... <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if we're going to be doing a live stream service. I don't know if we're going to be doing some sort of hybrid where we continue having a bespoke online service. I feel like bespoke is the right word here. We're like intentionally, purposely made for online plus in person. I I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. Now, I think that many of us are in that kind of setting where we're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm in a somewhat not unique situation, but in a very different situation in that as I record this now on July 1st, I am expecting a baby sometime early to mid-August. So I'm going to be on maternity leave as we look into the fall. I'm, I'm, I won't be around and my executive function, my planning function, is probably going to be pretty shot because I won't be sleeping in September. Um, I wish I were you, you, y'all, y'all can pray for me. Pray for a baby who sleeps better than my firstborn. <laughs> but I, I have to plan. I feel like many, like if I were not, I think if I were not 
expecting a baby. I would be doing some planning, but I wouldn't feel the pressure to like have really thought through things and planned it out in some sort of greater detail, right? I would, I would feel a little bit more comfortable rolling with the punches and saying, well, you know, I'll just respond to, you know, things as they happen and I'll do my best with the information that comes at me. I'm not the one making decisions in the church about opening or thank God. I, I, I feel for all of y'all who are not medical professionals and getting asked to, uh, make a potentially, um, serious decisions about whether you should be doing congregational singing or not. Um, And I'm also aware that in the next few weeks, the landscape might change a lot depending on what comes out of the study that's currently happening in Colorado. And I'll I'll link to this in the show notes um, around aerosols and masks and safety and singing. Um, I think that's going to be really important for all of us to look at in a few weeks, hopefully in a few weeks when it comes out. But I can't wait for that because babies come when they come, right? So I'm going to talk about how I'm planning, and I think that this is, or I hope that this is useful for you, even if you are in a place where you can just roll with the punches and shift what you need. I hope that this is useful for you, specifically because I think that doing some sort of imaginative work around the fall, maybe not for the spring, because who knows what we're doing in the spring, but some sort of imaginative thinking about the fall. I think that that might help you decide where you want to allot your music budget for the coming months. And it might help you think about options that you have that maybe even feel a little bit inspiring instead of feeling defeated. I think many of us, especially in the traditional choral world, are are like this is a hard time, you know, we're, we're used to working with larger groups of people and making music together in person. And it's a a really wonderful feeling. It's a physical feeling. It's an emotional feeling. It feels really good. And we're for the most part at a distance from each other. And it might be really easy to feel just discouraged, defeated, like you want to throw in the towel for the fall. Like what's the point of even thinking about it? So Here's what I'm planning, and I hope that this helps you imagine some options that at least give you some hope for the coming months. So first of all, I am thinking through a lot of options, and I I have a blog post about this on my website. I'll link to it. But basically, I'm thinking about a flowchart. It's easy to be looking into the future and going like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to throw up my hands and, um, you know, just not plan at all. However, I think that we actually have pretty limited options of what will be happening. In my setting, maybe like four different options. You know, we might be in person with singing. We might be in person without singing. We might have a a dedicated online service. We might be doing some kind of hybrid where we have a a live stream and an in-person service. And these options are not forever amounts. You know, I might have a cantor. I might have handbells. I might have a choir. This is not infinite, um, infinite options. So by thinking about this in, in like a flowchart kind of way, well, if this option happens, then I can do X, Y, Z. And if this option is what's happening, well, then I'll do A, B, C. And so I'm thinking about, I'm really doing more planning work than I normally would because there's so many more options to plan for, right? Normally I'd be like, well, here's the hymns and here's the anthems and here's the handbell music. And, uh, you know, sometimes if I'm really industrious, I'll plan my postludes too. Okay, great, done. I know how to do this, right? Well, this is planning a lot more options. So first of all, 
I'm thinking through these options. And then second, uh, because of my particular situation where I'm going to be on maternity leave, I'm doing a lot of advanced audio and video preparation. I am doing all the hymns and all the solos and all the virtual choir music, all the postludes through the end of uh, the end of August. Uh, I really, you know, if we are back to in person before, then awesome, great. Um, we'll adapt to that, and that's fine because we'll have a substitute who can, you know, do their own music, and that's that's so much easier to do in person, right? Um, I'm sure we're all feeling this like, wow, like with. Uh, recording and doing this all in advance, you really have to think a lot and do a lot of um, lot of project management. Oh my goodness, um, project management so much. So I'm doing all that in advance, and that is a lot of, as I said, a lot of project management. Getting you know all the ducks in a row, getting all the people um, with their particular recordings, and then I'm mixing them together. So there's that. I'm planning that, and I'm doing a lot of it um, in bulk because I can't do it from week to week. So there's that. Now let's talk about the fall. Here is how I'm planning for the fall. For the particular uh, online services that we've been doing, we've been doing several choruses and then one hymn. So I'm planning out those choruses and I'm planning out the hymn, the one hymn, right? And I'm making recordings of those or planning to reuse ones in the past, that kind of thing. And then I am also planning but not doing any advanced prep, several more hymns. So what this does for me is it, and what it really does for the people who are filling in for me while I'm gone, um, it shows here's what we'll do if we're online and here's what we'll do if we are in person. So it's a really clear, here's the music for online, here's the music for in person. And from my point of view, it's, you know, it's, unlikely that we'll be doing a robust in-person service at that point, but hey, maybe we are, and there's a substitute organist there who's, of course, able to do, you know, three or four hymns. Great. And that list is already done for them. So I'm doing that. Then I am planning solos and cantors, and I have uh, staff singers at the church where I work, and these staff singers, I'm assigning one to each Sunday, and so they would be the go-to person who would canter the service, who would be like a soloist for the service, if that's all that we feel is safe. If we if we say get a plexiglass screen and we position them in a particular safe spot, I don't know exactly what that would look like, but I will I will have that person planned, right? And alongside of that, their solo music will be planned, which means that one, I'm recording it in case we're online, but two, that music is already ready to go in case we have a substitute organist who is the person who's there who will have that music all ready to go, ready to do a solo for this vocalist. So that's the that's the piece there. So I've got that planned. And then, you know, I don't know if we'll be back to choir in person or not. Um, I Again, I don't have the crystal ball. And so I'm doing a couple things. I'm planning some small ensemble music and I'm planning some anthems. And I am planning two or three for September and October that are for virtual choir or that would work for virtual choir. And if you've done any virtual choir recordings, you know, some pieces work a lot better than others. Um, The really fast text does not work really well for a virtual choir piece to be all together. So I'm thinking carefully about what, what would sound good if we were doing a virtual choir. But if we're in person, okay, we've got that. And then I'm supplementing that list with here's all the other stuff that we could do if we were in person. The choir I direct normally sings 
two anthems and an intro and a benediction. They do a lot of music on a Sunday morning. And it doesn't hurt me to plan it. I feel like I'm not doing an exorbitant amount of work to say, oh, here's what we would do if we had a full, robust uh, in-person service. Like, it's not, I'm not spending a huge amount of time exploring new repertoire. I'm not, um, I'm not putting tons of work into something that's unlikely to happen. But I'm, you know, I'm making a full list, kind of like with the hymns, where I don't think we'll be doing a full in-person service with three or four hymns. I don't think that will happen. But if it does, you know, it takes a couple hours of my time. It's fine. Um, and I should say, I work full-time. So I, I would not be doing all of this if I were working for 10 hours a week. So I can, I can think through that. I can plan through all of that. And the list is there and accessible. <laughs> this matters for me on maternity leave. It's there and accessible for the people who need to know it. But I think if you are in a place where you're not planning on being away from your job, um, it wouldn't hurt you to plan a more robust version of the fall and a more pared down version of the fall if you think those are both viable options for you where you are. So that is the congregational music. That is the vocal music that I'm thinking about for the fall. And then I'm sure I'm not the only person who's been thinking, huh, if it turns out that even singing with masks is unsafe or at a a level of risk that my particular congregation isn't comfortable with. Huh, I have these things called handbells in the church, right? Or whatever other instruments you might you might use in your church. Well, I'm planning out that instrumental music a lot. I'm ordering congregational accompaniment kind of music. Um, if that's something that we decide we can go with, and, and hey, if we don't, you know, I've spent a little bit of money and I've got great music for the future, right? So I'm planning that. I'm also planning, because of the size of the ensemble I work with, I'm planning two to three octave music and three to six octave music. This past year, um, we only did two to three octave music, but as I've told the staff singers where I work, well, we're going to be staff musicians this year, and that might mean we're doing handbells instead of vocal music. Um, so that means we would move into the uh, larger ensemble uh, repertoire. And so that means I have to plan both. And I know sometimes the same arrangement has been done for the different size ensembles. What I have in large amounts is is different music. So I'm I'm working with what I have and planning different things, which means more music to go into those binders. But hey, that's great. Um, I'm also thinking through a lot of the logistics around this because we would still have to be thinking about people at a distance and how do we sanitize, how do we keep things safe, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm even thinking about like, well, how do we, how do we get our gloves in a safe way? Because I can't do a centralized, you know, um, you know, sometimes you'll have like a shoe rack on the back of a door and you put your gloves in there. Well, I can't ask people to all come close to each other to be grabbing gloves. So I'm thinking about like, well, how do I keep the gloves with the binder that each person has? Because except for our couple of couples in the ensemble, everyone else is going to be have to be spaced out. So <laughs> I'm thinking like, how do I, how do I keep this safe and sanitized? And, and where do those gloves go? So I'm doing all that advanced thinking and logistical prep, like how do we make this happen in a different kind of way and in a safe way, right? So I'm thinking about that. And I'm ordering some things to go along along with that. I, you know, I have some some things that I just needed to get anyway. 
and I'm thinking about binders, um, binders of music, right? And I think that this might be something where if I were not going on maternity leave, I wouldn't make the binders right now. But because I am, I need to have that all together. It all needs to be in place. And I need to have thought through, well, who could play which parts? Because we have some people who are returning from this this past year where they, you know, here's the bells that they play and they don't really want to switch to other bells. And then, of course, I have um, people who would be coming in fresh and open to playing different areas. So I'm doing a lot of logistical thinking and musical planning around handbells because I think that they are a very likely option for my particular setting. So uh, the kind of bigger picture here, here's what Here's what we can learn from this is with the choral music and the vocal music, I'm really thinking about what can we do virtually and what can we do in person, knowing that if it's in person, it's probably not going to be as robust as usual. And so I'm putting I'm putting less uh, energy into that, especially in terms of planning repertoire and stuff. And then for the handbells, I'm putting more energy into planning musical repertoire, specifically because... I think that we're much more likely to be doing more handbell music, at least in September and October, which is when I will be gone for the most part. So there's that. Then the last thing that I'm doing that's specific to me, but maybe interesting for you to at least think about, um, I am, because maybe you have some vacations coming up and you're like, how can I do this? I am planning a substitute for me who is able to do online work, who's able to take a video of himself, who's able to do that kind of, that kind of stuff. And that won't be for every single Sunday in September and October. Um, but because I know it would be a couple of Sundays, I, that person will be able to be either on site or, um, doing something virtually. And then of course I'm leaving, uh, contact information for other substitutes, uh, who wouldn't be as comfortable doing virtual work or as able to do virtual work so that if, if, if it happens that we're in person, then uh, those people would uh, potentially be able to play for those services. So that is the big picture. Here's how I'm planning for the fall. And you'll notice I'm not planning Christmas at this point. Y'all, I planned Christmas last Christmas Eve. I couldn't go to sleep. I was so excited and all the adrenaline. I literally finished planning 2020 Christmas Eve on the Christmas Eve of 2019, probably in the wee hours of Christmas Day. And um, yeah, that's not going to happen. I just, I really can't imagine that particular um, iteration of the service, a lessons and carols type service on Christmas Eve happening. Um, but I also don't feel like it's worthwhile for me to put so much energy into planning something six months from now that I just, I can't see. And I'm just having to, to trust that, um, you know, come October, November, I'll be able to not know the future, but at least have a better sense of what our options are. So I'm kind of doing this hybrid of like kind of intensive planning um, for earlier in the fall and just leaving things open-ended for later and being okay with that and realizing, you know what, this March, I went from having all this stuff planned to being like, well, and we're doing everything really differently and I, you know, did a turn on a dime and it was okay. And it was hard, but it was okay. And we still praised God and we still made music and we are still together in a community, a music making community and a church community, right? 
And I trust that that is the case for the fall. That is my hope for the fall. I don't know what things will look like, um, but it's it's going to be interesting and we will still be making music and we'll still be in community together. One thing that I'm thinking about um, before I sign off is I'm thinking specifically about our rehearsal time and our Sunday morning rehearsal time. So normally the choir I direct would have a rehearsal on Thursday nights and they'd have a rehearsal before the service on Sunday mornings. And that Sunday morning time is a solid 45 minutes. So what am I doing this time around or what am I at least planning? Because in the spring, we just canceled all the Thursday night rehearsals and we went to a Sunday morning format where sometimes we sing together to make a virtual choir video, which um, we do on a Zoom call. I can link to that in the sh- in the show notes. It's pretty easy as far as virtual choir goes. But we ha- haven't rehearsed. We haven't been learning new music. This fall, though, uh, we're going back to rehearsals. And if we're able to meet safely in person, great, awesome. We'll probably be doing more sectionals than um, full ensemble singing because of spacing. But again, I don't know. That's something that's much more easy to respond to in the moment because you can say like, oh, well, we'll spread out in the church versus being in the choir room. You know, we can we can respond in the moment to that. But for thinking about if we're all doing virtual music, we're going to switch to a format where our Thursday rehearsals include a lot of vocalizing and really individualized vocal attention. And I'm able to do that because I have um, so many staff singers in the choir. Um, we'll be able to divide into groups and each staff singer can lead vocalizing uh, with a couple of volunteers and spend, say, 20 minutes doing that and then work on some repertoire. And of course, I'm sure you have been doing this too. I've been looking online at how other people are leading virtual rehearsals and able to work in you know, small groups and doing things rather than, you know, the fiasco of let's all sing together on Zoom, right, which doesn't doesn't work. So I've been looking at different models for leading virtual choir rehearsals and thinking how that can work for us. We may also have a hybrid rehearsal model where, say, for, I don't know, two month, two, two weeks of the month, we'll meet together and rehearse handbells, and for two weeks of the month, we'll meet virtually so we don't... Um, so we don't forget about our choir members who definitely cannot come in person due to their health. You know, a couple rehearsals where we meet virtually and we and we sing together in that kind of way. And then our Sunday morning rehearsals, if we're virtual, will continue to be a really intentional social space for us. We have been using our choir rehearsals, kind of how some, some uh, churches are using a coffee hour, although the church where I work also has coffee hour. And we are... Um, of sharing basically our joys and concerns, our ups and downs. Here's how we're doing. And because of the choir that I direct, the size of the choir I direct, we're all able to share. It's a really wonderful time and we're continuing to do this during the summer. So really many choir members have said that this is an oasis in their week. And I really feel like that. It's an oasis. It's a really beautiful time together. And I feel like I've gotten to know people more really as individuals uh, throughout this season, and it's bringing us a different kind of unity as as individuals, as a community that makes music together. So a little a uh, little silver lining in the the difficulty of our current time. 
So that's about it for this episode. And I know I've mentioned a number of different resources throughout the episode, so I want you to know that you can find the show notes at musicandthechurch.com, musicandthechurch.com. And um, and if you're interested in planning and thinking about planning, um, I also produce another podcast, Getting to Nimble, and that is more generally for church staff. It's not necessarily about music most of the time. And we have an episode coming up later in July about planning and how we're just conceptualizing this kind of like we want to plan because we don't want to we don't want to not plan, but we have to hold our plans very, very loosely. This kind of balance balancing act, this tension that we're living in. Um, so if you're curious, there's that. Thank you for listening to this whole episode. And if you have enjoyed it, please share it with your colleagues. And of course, I'm curious what you are thinking about in terms of planning. How are you approaching this weird season that we're living through? I'm, I'm curious. I would love to learn from you. If you'd like to get in touch, you can send me an email at musicandthechurch at gmail.com. And I'll be back next month with another episode of Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza.